This is a Podfire production. This podcast may include explicit themes or swearing and may not be suitable for children. The world is full of amazing people, and once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Humans. In today's episode of Awesome Humans, we're back in the studio, which is very exciting, and I'm joined by Muay Thai champion Mark Luciari. Luch, as I've been told, I have to call him, I'm a bit scared sitting across the table, used to be a trainer down at Strikeforce Gym in Burley. He's a heavy-kicking Thai fighter. Feel sorry for anyone that uh, got on the other side of the ring looking at him. He looks like he could hurt me. Aside from his fighting career, Ma Luch, sorry, is a proud family man with Australian and Italian heritage background. He's especially close with his eldest son, who's also a fighter and is an Australian champion. Some pretty good family genes there. Mutai isn't the man's only talent. He's a jack of all trades. Luch, from what I hear, enjoys skydiving. He's also a pro wakeboarder. Awesome. I'm looking forward to this one. G'day. How are you, Luch? G'day, g'day. How you doing, mate? It's mate, a pretty, uh, impress- pretty impressive intro. I don't know if it's all much. true, though. No, mate, well, if it's not true, as long as it's a good story, that's, that's all that it, matters. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> mate, I'm going to go straight to your son. He's an Australian champion. Yeah, well, he was. Keems, yeah. uh, my oldest son, he uh, won the Aussie title when he was 13. Wow. Um, That's a pretty proud he, moment in your life. Isn't it, it was, mate. It was. It was uh, a big effort for him. Actually, sorry, 13 or 14. Anyway, um, he's 21 now. Uh, hasn't been fighting for a few years now. Um but yeah, mate. Yeah, super proud. I'm super proud of him now. He's uh, he's a hardworking man. Still trains a little bit. We were actually sparring last night, and he he touched me up a little bit. Oh, did he? Yeah, <laughs> so I thought black eye is. Thought I might come in with a black eye today. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's good. So is he a big unit? Uh, he is now, yeah. He's yeah. T- taller than me. Uh, not, he's definitely not built like I am. He's got more of his mum's um, lean athletic kind of body. Yeah. But, um, I yeah. say that too, mate. My yeah. kids have got lean athletic. Actually, they're just skinny. Yeah. But, that's, <laughs> but that's all good. Mate, this podcast's all about you, right? And all I, right. I want to hear your story. I want to hear where you're from, where how it all happened and what's actually happened in your life. So always the best. The first question I always ask is, What's your first ever memory? How far back can you go? Oh, I don't know. Well, maybe the intro to this, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Making new mean, friends every day. Wore a few punches in the head, mate. Yeah, there's not many memories left. <laughs> mate, How far back can you go? Um, oh, mate. Oh, I, yeah, go back to I'm about five, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, yeah my first real memories. Um, Are they good or bad? Um. Yeah, probably the ones that stand out are probably bad, but they're, yeah. they've that's the, what shaped me to be the person I am. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I my, my biggest memory and, and the earliest memory I've pretty much got is, is losing my old man mm-hmm. when I was like five years old. So it was um, – it's kind of shaped me who I am. Yeah. It's given me many gifts, I suppose, or, you do know – you remember it? Yeah, um, yeah, I do. I remember little <sighs> – Little bits, bits and yeah. pieces. Yeah, little bits and pieces, yeah. Yep. Do you find that you feel that he's with you still? And it has been um, through your life or not really? No, not not really yeah. at all, yeah. The, I suppose, oh, what do you call it, the burden of it has yeah. definitely been with me. Okay. Um, like I said, it's, it's, probably, it's probably nearly shaped most of the decisions that have happened to me in life really for a long time there. Yep. Um, I probably used it as an excuse when I was younger yeah. to, to be a bit of a shit. Yeah. Um, and kind of probably blamed 
it on a lot of things that happened. Yeah. But, um, yeah, kind of that changed. And um, as I was getting a bit older and kind of addressed the situation, it changed and I turned it, all the all the negative things into positive. And Amazing what happens when you actually address these things. Yeah, exactly, well, mate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, like um, a lot of people bottle stuff up and, yeah, yeah it's... Well, we all do. Yeah, and you don't know how to deal with it. Um but like I said, a lot of bad stuff happened from it as well, the way I was acting. and yeah. um, But that is – I've got no regrets. I had to take nothing back, not one second of my life because it shaped me to be Who the person I am now. Yeah, yep. good awesome. or bad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's given me all the, the characters that I am, you know, char- characteristics that, are, that I've got. So where were you born? Melbourne. I was Melbourne. born in uh, Ferntree Gully. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, or Victoria. Yeah, yep. yeah. And what yep. um, did you grow up there? Is that when you went to primary nah, school? No, I moved up here when I was five. Oh, okay. So I think I had my fifth birthday on Burley Headlands. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, mate, Burley boy. Um, yeah. yeah, and I pretty much, besides a little stint of living overseas, I've kind of lived uh, around the Burley area. So what's um, good to go to when you were a little? I, I went to Bur- Burley Primary. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I went to Burley Primary and then I changed to Canindra Bar, which is... Um, Where's Canindra Bar? Canindra Bar is on Christine Avenue. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yep. So um, it was a really cool little school. Yeah. Um, and was I, that your choice or did you... Uh, Sort of get moved there. I got moved there. <laughs> My sister, uh, she's a few years younger than me, and she actually started their their first ever year one class to go through. It was okay. a, quite a new school, and yeah, um, yeah obviously you've got two kids going to different schools. My my mum ended up taking me there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I went there. I, my wife went there. Oh, wow. Um, both my sons have gone there. So, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So a real local boy. Mate, yeah, that's it. And then we ended up uh, Miami High School. So, so you went from Canindra Bar. Is that what it's called? That's the one, yeah. Yeah, to Miami High. Yeah, that's the one. So that's yeah. the one with the Miami High written on the rocks, yeah, isn't high, it? Yeah, High Miami High. Yeah, yeah. So what, um, what were you like in primary school? Because obviously you'd been through some hard shit before. Yeah, I was a, I don't know, I was a chubby little kind of kid with – wasn't the coolest kid around, kind of, um, but I was, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of survived through school, I suppose. Kind did you of get bullied through. or anything? Uh, not or, really. Or not, did you bully other kids? Not really. I was um, I was a bit of a bully. I call myself probably a bit of a bully bully basher. That's, oh, um, okay. Yeah, I never really liked bullies. I did get, bu- I did get bullied, like yeah. most kids unfortunately do. Kids are pretty freaking horrible. Yeah, they are. Um, but I did... Um, they learn that. Y- y- yeah. That's all learned behaviour, mate. It is. Kids aren't born horrible. They're actually taught, it is, taught yeah. uh, some of these negative skills. Exactly. Or gone through things like you did. Like yep. when you're five and you lose your old man, um, they, these things affect people. They do, mate. They do. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, like uh, I was never would let anyone stand over me. So mm-hmm. yeah, not a bad way to be that. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So were you, what do you, what do you class yourself as? A uh, at school were you a, a nerd, a jock, uh, a, a, just a kid in the background? Yeah, I was a little bit of a kid in the background in younger, yeah, in the younger, younger days. Yeah, until I kind of found myself. I think like I was, was talking about before, and I kind of uh, started accepting things that had happened to me How as, old were instead you of blaming. Ah. It was different stages as I was going through, you know. I think, um, like, I found myself going into year eight. I started yep. um, getting a bit more confidence of who I was. And so you moved to the high school and yeah, yeah, sort of. Um, yeah, started becoming a little bit more independent as a as a human as well, away yep. from your family and. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was different, definitely different stages. I, I wasn't, I hadn't got over that yet. I hadn't turned all that negativity into positive um, by a long shot. It wasn't until I was about probably twenty, you know, twenties, early twenties, mm-hmm. that I, I really turned everything around. So during these times, when you're sort of at primary school and high school, are you still single mum at the time? 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so you're sort of the the man in the house. I was. Um, she had a few boyfriends in and out. Um, mm-hmm. One thing, as we we're talking about early memories before, was yeah. um, probably the earliest and the one that sunk in the most was at my um, at the dad, my dad's funeral. Uh, I don't know who it was to this day. No one really remembers. I've tried to find out, but one of my uncles kind of grabbed me and uh, pulled me aside and said, um, "You're the man in this family now." He's like, "Don't you ever let another man tell you different." And uh, at so, yeah, four that, years old. That, yeah, four, five, five, years, five old. years old. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, and that was that's one thing that stuck with me forever. You know. Yeah. So, um, like I said, that was a huge shape shaped me hugely over the oh, years. Definitely, yeah. mate. Yep. Definitely. And it wasn't a good thing at the start. I kind of hated men. I was like really authority, and um, I was a pretty violent kid as well. Kind of, um, like I said, not. More of a bully basher. I, yeah. could, I could find trouble and it, it, trouble seemed to find me as well. So And so during this time, are you playing sport and stuff or what, what are you doing sort of uh, on weekends and things or are you fighting yet or what's uh, the... No, I, I, I was fighting but not... Not proper. Not proper, <laughs> yeah. Not what, you know, not what fighting's really about. Um, but, yeah, I played AFL when I was younger. Okay. Um, and so nice, mate. I love it. Great yeah, sport. I was a Burley Bombers, mate. Yeah. yeah, it was good. And I was, I went from being like the chubby little kid who didn't really get a kick to kind of, you know, cl- then you get the Clubman Award and then yep. the Most Improved Award and and kind of made my way up to best and fairest in, you know, and then, and then kind of best and fairest in the league and excellent captain Gold Coast and had a pretty fun little career. Yeah, yeah. In, um, in AFL. And did you ever think you'd make it? Like, I thought, I thought I was going to. I yeah, thought yeah. that was what it was all about until kind of. Uh, the fun got, kind of got taken out of it. Um, Burley Bombers was a great club. I love the club, but yeah. they really didn't look after their juniors. Yeah. Um, when With their senior teams, they looked out, like outsourced the players and would try to buy players in. And, um, you know, us juniors kind of got neglected a little bit. And Yep. Happens yeah. a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah, well, and then you see some of the great teams like Broadbeach and Southwood and all that. They they really looked after their younger teams. And that's and the reason they're great teams. That's it, yeah. Mate, yeah. I, I, I was in the Kalani Vale Bombers, which is uh, on the Central Coast of New South Wales. Okay, yeah. And that was one of our key things is 90% of our first grade team was actually local juniors. Yeah, yeah. And you found that they were actually a powerhouse for years and years because they just kept coming out these swarms of kids coming through that were trying to be like people that were once them. And I think that makes a massive difference in a footy. It club. does, and your loyalty too, man. Yeah, like you 100%. don't like loyalty or, or your drive to play do good for your team over being bought in and yeah. pay, paid. Like the what you'll get out of someone who's actually doing something because they fucking love that team and, that, and love you know is is a huge difference. So did you think? Did you find that footy helped mould you as a human too? Yeah, uh, for sure. Like it, it, I think um, you got just some influential sport, characters and stuff around sports that. Sports incredible for yeah. for kids. You know, development of. Um, of everything, discipline and, you know, obviously skills and, and finding out who – discovering who you are yourself as well, you know. Yeah. I think that's where, like, I did start shining a little bit and started getting better at footy. I had a had a coach that actually put time into me uh, about under 13s or 14s I think it was and yeah. that's when I really started, you know, I went to the clubman and the, the best uh, – the yeah. most improved, as, as a lot of players do. Yeah, you kind 100%. Of get those awards and then – Right up to the kind of the, the highest accolades of of the club and and um, of the actual Gold Coast, you know, AFL. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. It was mate, fun. Good times, wasn't it? Hey. Yeah, yeah, mate. It was. It was. So really, during really this times. time, you're at Miami High. Yeah. And um and did you find that you changed as a human between sort of primary school and uh, and high school? And now you're sort of starting to find yourself, as you said before. But now, are you are you still? That kid that just sort of sits in the background, fucking hates bullies, no, and stuff. Or no, did you now start to come into your own? Definitely started coming into my own a little bit. Yeah, yep. started be, um, 
yeah, like I said, never never been the most popular kid around, but definitely started coming into my own and, and honed what I was kind of good at. Like everyone in school, especially high school, you know, you've got the the funny kids get themselves through high school by laughing, yeah. you know, making them laugh. You've got the quick witty kids. You've yeah. got the really good looking kids who get through with their good looks. And then you get the kids who oh, was a, could fight and a bit violent. So that got me through high school and yeah. I got coming to my own. I kind of, you know, thought, all right, this is who I am. And, and did you yeah. have any aims or ambitions during that time? Like what, what did you want to be? Um, a no, player, obviously. I didn't <laughs> no, back then. Really? Yeah, yeah. No, it was just kind of winging it, man. Um, yeah, I, I don't know whether it was the the lack of a uh, male figure pushing me into stuff. Yeah. Um, like my mum, my mum's did the most amazing job. She was actually what a trooper and a strong lady. And yeah. you know, um, you don't appreciate that till later in you, life. You obviously. don't. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> shit, no. You know, until you have kids, exactly. And then yeah, see how yeah, hard yeah. it is, and yeah. then to do it by yourself as yeah. well, and especially with a, a son who's getting himself in a bit of trouble and that as well. You Mate, know, hats so. off to all the single mums out yeah, there. Yeah, oh, seriously, hundred percent. Single mums, single dads, just yeah, parenting. Parenting, you know, is is pretty Ooh, crazy. You know, so I got four of them. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I'm two. I'm done. That's a lot yeah. tougher on my wife than it is on me. But yeah. at the same time, yeah, do that on your own must be must be real bad. Yeah, but like in in where I wanted to go and careers or anything like that. No, I just knew I was just loved living, like loved living life to the fullest and just trying a lot of different things. You know, yep. like um, yeah, high school was. So did you um, finish high school? Uh, no, year ten. Year yeah, 10. yeah, I, I was no good at it. Really, I'm not the smartest. Tool in the you know sharpest tool yeah, in the shed, yeah. but um, people are smart in different ways. Exactly, mate. exactly. Mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, definitely. Book you know. smart versus street smart versus sort of all different smarts. There's, yeah, there's lots of different man, I've involved. had this conversation with my kids. Like when we're living overseas and I'm trying to homeschool and. You know, I'm trying to help them out with their homework and they're like, well, you can't even do this, but oh, I get you, that every we've, day. Got, we've got a couple of businesses, you live overseas, you're doing pretty well, but you can't <laughs> fucking help me with this. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know. I, mean, I get that all the time. I was saying to a bloke yesterday, I, I showed my kids my um, report card from high school and it said, Brett could try better if Brett asserted himself and yeah. go well. If he, if he wasn't the class clown, he'd do this and all that, whereas the sport was A+. Yeah. And so, but the thing is, they say to me, they come, can you help me with my homework? No, I've got no idea how to do that. But I'll tell you, well, let's just let me show you how to do something that in real life. And yeah, exactly. Someone yep. come to me yesterday and said, "When was the last time you did long division in real life?" It's like fucking never done long division. Mate. I got a calculator in my hand. It's yep. like that's all you need. Ninety percent of it's a waste. So yeah, I don't really don't believe in the schooling system. I agree. It's set up. It's it's a joke. Yeah. And we're living proof of that, mate. Seriously, <laughs> like, <laughs> successful businessman, and you sit there going, "Oh, I was shit at school. You yep. were real good at school." And um, you, but we got through life, didn't we? It's yeah, one man. of those things. And a lot of people who, a lot of entrepreneurs, and a lot of people who are just an amazing humans really weren't that good at school, of you know, course. yeah, because it's just designed to put us behind really, I think, you know, yeah. it's it, it makes us submissive, you know, humans instead uh, of And does your wife are, agree with that or does oh, 100%, she? 100%, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, like I said, like going back. So what did you do in year 10 then? So you left year 10. I left 10. and I became a plumber. Oh, okay, actually, so you did an apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah, Great I, was, idea. Um, I was down at a friend's house, uh, one, of my, one of my best mates and his dad was a plumber and... Um, uh, his his uh, mum said to me, what are you doing for next year? Are you going back to school? And I said, no, I'm kind of, I don't think so. I'm pretty shit and yeah. I don't think the school wants me. And she goes, oh, why don't you ask Big Jed for an apprenticeship? And he was a big scary man back then. I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm not going down there. And she's, so she went down and she come back up and goes, go down and see him. I went down and he goes, you, you want a job, do you? And I said, oh, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I'd, I'd actually. So what are you, you're 15, 16 at this yeah, stage? Yeah, I was fifth, pretty much 15. Yeah, about yeah. Six, I'm born in December. So, yeah, I was 15. And, um, yeah, he's like, all right, you can start an apprenticeship. You start tomorrow. 
So I had no school. Was, it was over the school holidays. So it was Best like. Best way yeah, to do it. Yeah, it was, mate. mate. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate what I had until a lot later on in life either. Like yeah. um, I finished my apprenticeship and was always just trying to get away from it. I tried so many different other things i suppose jobs and, and you know yeah. other avenues but um you know here i am today at 41 years old and i've got a plumbing business so <laughs> it just keeps drawing me back into it yeah but the, but the thing is you've got a plumbing business you're not just a plumber you know what i mean like there's a big difference with that yeah exactly yeah and yeah. and that's something that people don't appreciate i think like is, is the fact that there's a lot of small business in this country a lot of small business has not gone real good at the moment in these mm. times but there's businessmen behind that and that's something that but you never thought at the age of 15 you'd call yourself a businessman oh fuck <laughs> yeah not at all <laughs> i got business done but, uh, yeah, yeah well, 100%, 100%. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so nah. you did your plumbing apprenticeship and uh, so what's that? You finished around that about 18, 19? A bit older. I finished at 19, yeah. I was yeah. Qu- qualified at 19 um, and at that stage uh, me and my wife, or wasn't a wife then, we um, we fell pregnant. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, so kind of life got real, yeah. real quick. Do you remember that? Do you remember that day? Oh, yeah, 100%. And, yeah. What, and so how long have you been going out? Uh, we'd been together for about eight months. Yeah. But we'd known each other since year six. Okay. Um, we went to... It's an old school, mate. Yeah, we went to primary school together yeah. and high school and... Um, yeah, we'd only just caught up recently at the old Edge nightclub in Broadbeach. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we hooked up and we kind of – I was actually moving overseas. I was going to go to live in Canada with a few buddies. Yeah. Um, as a lot of, you know, kind of 19, 20-year-old kids yeah, do. 100%. And, um, yeah, I got home from work one day and she said, come in here, I've got something to tell you. And she goes, we're, we're pregnant. Well, I'm pregnant. So, yeah, it was – I remember was it as vivid, vivid as – oh, um, we're nine, eight, very, very, very overwhelming, mate. Yeah. I ended up going outside and just uh, boxing on with the bag for yep. uh, probably an hour or so. I don't even remember. I just remember no gloves just on. I remember there's a little <laughs> bit of blood on the bag, and yeah. I was kind of like, "Holy shit!" You know, what do I do? Like, I didn't even know anyone with kids really, or yeah. um, I didn't have a dad to go see, and I was a little bit distance. Uh, I kept myself distance from my my immediate family, I think, yeah. as well. So I didn't really have too many people to chat to and ended up just thinking, fuck, like I didn't have a dad, like I'm going to make the most of this. And, yeah, um, yeah like this is – start, things started making sense a little bit, you know. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, here we go, like this is it. This is what this I mean. Shit's just got real. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give <laughs> I'm going to give this kid what I wanted, you know. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to be the best dad I, in my abilities can, can give, you know. And so you go back inside and you see her and go, okay, let's do this together. Yeah, we're on. Yeah, we're she, on. she was like, she goes, you know, she was like, look, I know you want to go and all this, and um, we both, both my wife and I have come from a little bit of broken families, yeah. and I think, fuck, I think a lot of people do. There's yeah, not many of people course. With, yeah. Um, Mate, the thing is with that, right, is that there's a lot of families that were broken, but they were. Like yeah. back in the day, there was a lot of people that stayed together just because that's what you oh, did. Oh, man, yeah, and don't get me like, started on this. If, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you look at some of those families now and you think, fuck, imagine what would have happened if you guys had have actually split up when your kids were one or two, given the, everything they needed, but at the same time not fought and argued for fucking 16 yeah. years in front of them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It, it would have made a massive difference in oh, everyone's life. In everyone's, yeah. Mm. The, the, you know, the two partners, the, the happiness. You see sometimes people, they break up and how happy they end up yeah. becoming, you know. And, and they become friends and they look after their kids. But yeah. the, the ones where they neglect the kids, that's shit. But the ones where, like, they actually then still the kids are the most important thing, that's the most important thing. Yeah, Simple, man. Really. There's so many people, there's so many couples out there that are, 
that are, you know, on their on their deathbed and they just literally lived a lie their whole life. They, yep. they lived with that person just because it was comfortable, it was a bit too hard to maybe break up or, or just yep. fucking tell the truth. Yeah. Just tell each other 100%. the truth of how you feel. And sometimes even telling the truth to your partner of how you feel can bring you guys closer and, and reconcile that relationship, you know. You're like, hang oh, on. Fuck, let's I didn't w- realise you were saying that. Yeah. I didn't think you were thinking that. Yeah, man, let's yeah. be truthful to each other. Like, yeah, it's, it's one a good thing. way to be in a relationship. It is, and it's one thing me and my wife have uh, really um, adamant about and, you know, like we've been together for over 20 years now and yeah. um, obviously everyone goes through tough times. Of Relationships are just constant work all yeah. the time. But, um, yes, I don't know, a few years ago we really – started becoming really truthful with each other and yeah. um, it was the only option we had because we were kind of on the brinks as yep. well and it's just, yeah, our life since then is... Changed. Yeah, man, incredible, yeah. Yeah, but you're 19 years old. You've got this decision to make whether you're going to go overseas with your lads or you're going to, like, stay home and look after this woman that's got your... that you've impregnated and... Uh, What's the decision, mate? There was there wasn't even a decision. There wasn't was even, it wasn't fuck. Wasn't even a second yeah. thought, dude. It was it was just it, that yeah. Overseas was gone within the the within micro minutes. second that not even minutes. Punch the, in the bag. The <laughs> micro second that it happened. Yeah, yeah there was yeah. no there was no. I didn't have a choice. The choice was be the best fucking dad I can to awesome. to the kid and, yep. and and my my wife, my partner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, did you? What goes through your head then? Are you sitting there going, "Fuck, we got to get married"? What are we going to do? Nah, this- not at all. We weren't traditional family, so okay. yeah. Fuck, just winging it. It was, just, yeah. was like, all right, here we fucking go. I don't we know. We were living together at the time? We were, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so I, I didn't know what a dad was supposed to do or yeah. what they were supposed to be like. I did have um, – my mum had boyfriends and, and eventually, you know, I got a stepdad. Yeah. He's an amazing guy. But um, I, like I said, I was quite distanced from them. Mm-hmm. I think when I got – when my dad passed when I was five, that was it. I was like, well, I'm kind of – one of the real bad things that come from it was me distancing myself from my immediate family. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, maybe because I didn't want to get hurt as bad again. You know, if you, if you distance yourself from something, you you can't really get as hurt from it. No, of course. Um, but, yeah, so... And are you fighting during this time? No, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. So you've just got a bag out the back because you enjoyed punching. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I actually um, I did train around 18, 19, did train Muay Thai for a yeah. little bit. Um, why, why Muay... How do I say it? Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Yeah, or Thai, Thai boxing. Thai boxing, yeah. 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 But Muay... What's Muay mean? Um, it means boxer. That, that's boxer. Yeah. Yep. And so it's Thai boxing. Yeah. yeah fair yep. cool. What, um, so why, why am Muay Thai? Um, well, I just had it from buddies. I had a buddy that owned a gym, yeah. um, uh, a mate of mine who I played footy with. He was training, um, and he was about to have his first fight. And he just said to me from the footy field, we Burley Bombers, we used to get in a few fights on the field. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you were allowed to. Yeah. Back in yeah, the day. Oh, yeah, back in the day when it was real footy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he said come along, and I went along and really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was good, and that was the stage that I, I stopped getting in trouble on the street. Really, you know, okay. like yeah, that was because was you then started to learn discipline and exactly, yeah, and that sort of stuff. Yep. And actually, I'm fighting for a reason now. Yeah, and for, you know, really realised that fighting on the street is is not good. Like, it, and it doesn't need to be done. Like, you don't. Ha- I always thought like oh, I was in fights because I couldn't get out of them. Yeah, but once I learned how to fight and. And I, found, I found to. I could get out of any yeah. situation, yeah, without violence, you know. And is so. Muay Thai got like a um, – like in karate you have a sensei and you have uh, – or in, in boxing you have a boxing coach and those sort of things. Is Muay Thai very based around who your coach is? Yeah. yeah. Is what, that the way what, it works? Yeah, what your gym is as well. Like um, a lot of gyms specialise. So you have a coach, same as boxing. You have, yep. a, you have your coach um, uh, and, yeah, a lot of gyms – like because Muay Thai is obviously we've got – 
eight weapons. We got we use our hands, you know, we use our elbows, you use your feet, you use your knees, you know. Mm-hmm. So they call it the art of the eight limbs. And um, some gyms are predominantly uh, really good, known for being good boxers. Okay. Uh, other gyms are known for being really good kickers, you yep. know, and then other gyms are, are, are really good in the clinch with elbows and knees. So yeah, it depends on your, your gym. Um, our gym was very traditional Thai, um, strike force gym on the Gold Coast here. Mm-hmm. Uh, was always known to be a really good traditional Thai gym. I feel we were probably more all-round fighters. We didn't okay. really specialise in anything. Maybe yep. the clinch, we were always known for pretty strong clinch. Not that I was, but a lot of our... Um, what was your best weapon? Me? Um, oh, mate, I just was a fighter. Like, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I was, wasn't super talented or anything like that. Just, you just kept going. Yeah, it was just a Never fighter. Never give up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. So I, it's interesting that during that time you then learned how not to fight. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It like, is. I go yeah. to a boxing gym and I love to box, right? And I go to a boxing gym to learn different movements, different styles, all that sort of stuff. And as you say, but then when you're out in public, it's like I actually don't want to do that here. Yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs> it's it's amazing, I reckon. It's, e- it's easy on the street too. Like one of the big things about um, fighting was the challenge that it presented like mentally and physically and yeah. – um, my first, I actually had a boxing fight first before a, a tie fight. And, um, I remember the boxing fight, like I was in the ring and I, like, I couldn't even hit the dude. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like how, this is so hard to punch someone like on the street. It's easy. Like you yeah. get in a fight with three, four guys and they're all smacking around and throwing these wild haymakers and punches are landing. You get in this ring it's and you're fighting rounds that. and like, you can't hit this guy <laughs> clean. Like, you know, and. And the whole thing of fighting another man, another human who is trained to fight you, like that, he's just purposely trained to fight you. You know, there's yeah. nothing more beautiful than two like humans who have got nothing but the you know what they've been given and punching on with each other. Like a lot of people look down on it, but I think it's so such a pure form of um, you know challenging yourself um, and that's, challenging that's against unbelievable f- former, you know other humans. Yeah. And so with that, so there's there's Muay Thai, there's boxing, there's lots of different like wrestling and all that sort of stuff. Then there's UFC. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Are you an MMA fan or have you ever fought MMA? What's what's um, sort of your no. thought? What's your take on the mixture of it all? Oh, I think it's quite quite great. I think it's it's pretty amazing. I'm not into groundwork or you know rolling around the ground or anything like yeah. that. But like I really um, respect the the art form and uh, yeah, I think MMA's like it's just all styles kind of mixed together, you know. Mm-hmm. So they don't specialize in just stand up or just on the ground like it was kind of right back at the start with yep. you know um, more jujitsu and stuff like that. But um, so do you watch it? Yeah, I watch. I watch the the fights that interest me. Okay. I suppose. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I def- definitely. So yeah. you're not like a big fight fan where you got to watch every fight that comes on the telly or that sort of no, stuff. No, not, not at all. I like yeah. him. I like him. Let's watch them battle. Yeah. When I like, I love watching boxing. I, I actually just recently I've been watching a lot of boxing. I don't know why. Just you know, go through that little period. Yeah. Um, just Anthony been Joshua, of, mate. I love watching fights. Anthony Joshua. Yeah, fight. yeah. I mean, he's so talented. He's so technical. He's a big, it's, it's big, a big, big human. man. <laughs> who's very athletic. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yep. I think yeah. that's the big difference. And, like, Mike Tyson's just about to make his – or supposedly make his comeback. But I was watching him do some pad work the other day at 53 and you think, fuck, like, Mate, that's just the what, speed of that man. What, an, what an incredible human, hey. Ooh. Like, just from what he's got, man, imagine talking to him, his story. <laughs> Holy shit, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, mate, he's gone through a lot of fucked up stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just love how, like, he is so humbled and, you yeah. know, like he can really look back on what, what – what was you know yeah. and um who he was and what he was and he's got no regrets of it but mm. he 
he obviously doesn't didn't like the person he was back then. If you listen to some of his podcasts with Joe Rogan and, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that, so um, yeah, it's he, the Mike Tyson Joe Rogan podcast actually had a pretty big um influence on my life as well of okay. um of uh, Joe Rogan asking him how he how he became so humbled and and um you know looking back on his life and everything like that, and and Mike kind of spoke about. Um, smoking DMT and losing his ego yeah. and, and, you know, and becoming, you know, losing that ego and that defence that was him that he'd built up over all those years to to create this person what he thought was him. But, yep. you know, he went and smoked DMT and the OTAC, the, the toad, and lost that and lost his ego and just what was, you know, and that's what changed him. So It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. It is. It's an incredible thing and... Um, yeah, like I, I, I went and saw a shaman and did the similar thing. And oh, wow. yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So let's go back. You're, you're 20 years old. You're uh, you're about to have a child, and you have a child. And what was that experience like? Oh man, awesome! Yeah. Were you there? Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Were you down the catcher's end, or you're up at top? I was right. I was catcher's end, mate. Yeah. yeah I was right there. Isn't um, that an amazing experience? Oh, it's freaking incredible. <laughs> Like, and that's twenty, fuck, mate. When his head's coming, I'm like, fuck. Is it supposed to look like that? I'm looking at it, I'm like, what's going on? Holy shit! What have I created here? This thing doesn't look human. But but isn't that amazing though? When that child comes out and you look at it and go, fuck, I made that. Yeah, oh, mate. When when the first the, bre- the, the first love, breath they take, yeah, fuck. the first breath they take, your whole life changes. Every yeah. um. Every way you look at anything in the in the world, it just changed. Like yep. every perspective you've had changes. Yeah, it's incredible, and including your respect and perspective of women as well. When yeah. you see that happen, it's oh, just to go through that and leave. Yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> mate. <laughs> but it, it's really interesting hearing that from, from coming from you is the fact that obviously you didn't have a dad during all those times, but and you didn't know how to be a dad. But you instantly know how to be a dad as soon as your baby's born. Oh, 100%. Yeah, isn't, that, yeah. isn't that bizarre? Yeah, just, it's, yeah it is. You it's don't get given crazy. a manual. You don't get given – you don't go through an apprenticeship. You don't do any of that sort of stuff. It just pops out and you go, oh, okay, that's mine now. Yeah, that's it. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. And the ride. On. Yeah. And what a ride it is, eh? It is, mate. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, it's been the most incredible thing that ever happened to, to me, you know, so – and so, yeah. did you? So we're we're twenty. We've got a baby. You're a plumber still at this time. Yep. So yeah. I am. Yep. And you get itchy feet in the plumbing game. You want to now try different things, or are you still? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I was actually, um, yeah, we were just cruising along, uh, you know, plumbing because I was making pretty good money, and yeah. uh, I was actually wakeboarding back right, right now. I kind of started getting into wakeboarding. And, okay. Um, was that just through a group of mates? Or? Yeah, just a bunch of mates. We went from water skiing and then yeah. kind of wakeboarding. We bought this one directional wakeboard and, um, yeah, then we we're out building our own cage and which is what the rope kind of comes off to make wakeboarding a little yeah. bit easier, or, you know. And, um, yeah, and then, like, uh, I met a met a guy who had, uh, had a, a, a proper wakeboarding boat and then we met some other crew. And next thing you know, we're riding with some of uh, Australia's best riders. And, yeah. And we were riding and one of the boys, uh, he just won the Aussie title and um, he goes, oh, man, you're pretty good. He goes, you should uh, you should compete. He goes, but you can't work and compete at the same time. Um, you know, you, and so, So yeah. compete for cash? Yeah, he said you should compete. Just be, you know, should, tour. Yeah, start wakeboarding. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, I went home and told the wife, I said, that's it. I'm. So are you married at this stage or still no, partners? No, no, no. Yeah, we yeah. were just still partners back yeah. then, yeah, and just went home and said, I'm quitting plumbing, I'm going to be a wakeboarder. <laughs> and what was that response? 
she was like, yeah, go for it. Fuck. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, she's, yeah, this is why we're still together. She's yeah, super yeah. supportive and she's like, fucking sweet. Have a crack. Send it, yeah. The thing is, you've always got plumbing to fall back on. Mate, and this is the thing that mm. I didn't realise until, you know, like, I went, we wakeboarded for about six years. And how'd you go? Um, I was like, I've never been super talented at anything. I just try hard. Yeah. Um, my, I used to make up for the technical moves. I'd go bigger with my moves. Okay. And that had its toll on my body. Ended up with five knee operations and, um, wow. yeah, pretty banged Did up. Did you win some loot? No, no, fuck no. never. No, no, <laughs> I, I didn't even really, I rode, um, open men's. I rode a couple of professional comps. Yeah. Uh, I never got too far in it really, you know. Um, we, but we did run a wakeboard school. So okay. we, yeah, me and my buddy started up a wakeboard school. Down at uh, Tumby River, down uh, northern New South Wales, there yeah. to Bolgum. And uh, yeah, we ran that for a few years, and that was good times. Yeah. But um, I kind of I started getting photography as well while I was in the boat injured. I, I picked up a camera, one of the photographer's cameras, and shot off a roll and ended up getting a front cover of a little magazine. Awesome. And so yeah, went and, went and did a bit of a photography course and got into that a little bit. Um, that was another little sideshow for a while. Oh, mate, but the thing is what you're doing here is you, you're finding your way. You're exactly, mate, you yeah. Fingers do. in pies, yeah. Are. Fingers in pies and tried different stuff, you know, so. Um, and so whilst you're doing this, obviously your little fellow's getting older. He is, yeah. yeah. Yep, and yep. Um, are you at home much with him or are you on the road a lot? Yeah, well, I was a pretty much uh, stay-at-home dad. Like he oh, was, awesome. a, Yeah, my wife had a, a cleaning business. Yep. Um, so she was supporting me while I was becoming this um, <laughs> professional wakeboard. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, so he, my uh, the first kind of six years of uh, of my oldest boy's life, he was spent with us on the boat pretty yeah. much. He was on the water every day, yeah. So when did he first start wakeboarding? Four. He, Four. Uh, his fourth birthday, he was actually in a magazine for um, one of the youngest wakeboarders in Australia. Wow. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was good. He's got a little little spread in the magazine, a little does rider. He, um, does he ride now still? No, we're, both, we're kind of out of it these yeah. days. It was one of those things. Like it, was a, it, was a, it was our life for a long time. A lot of my good buddies still this day um, uh some were and are still some of the best wakeboarders in the world. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we still know people. I still go out in the boat every now and then, but, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of distant After kind of five knee operations. Yeah, that's, that, was, a, to think that was the that. big thing, yeah. That was one of the big reasons I did get out of it, even with the wakeboard school, was that I was sitting on the boat every day and teaching people to ride, which is super enjoyable, but um, I just couldn't do it myself anymore. So yeah, that's fair enough. It was enough. like time, time for something else, yeah. And then what was next? Um, what was next after that? I think I went back into plumbing. I went back into plumbing for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we so has plumbing always been that love-hate relationship? It has, yeah. yeah. That was it. Like, that's, that's this where I, I kind of left that, went back into plumbing for a little bit, still kind of hated that. Yeah. Was thinking I've got to, you know, get out of this somehow. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, just dabbled around with that on and off for years. We were kind of pretty fortunate. We, we don't need to live very lavish. Um, we were kind of making enough money to survive and um, just still live and enjoy life. You know, I wasn't super driven still. Of, yeah. I didn't think I needed to buy a house or anything back then. And um, Yeah, so I actually, yeah, was just working kind of part-time plumbing. I, had, uh, I was doing contracting for quite a while, mm -hmm. um, which allowed me to have a lot of free time. And... Um, yeah, that, that that kind of carried on for for a few years, really. So during this whole time, you still fight? No, I haven't even started fighting yet. Okay, I, I didn't start pre fighting. Fight? Yeah, I didn't start fighting until I was like twenty eight. Okay. Yeah, which so, is late to start. Yeah, I just um, had a few. In it is, and just was injuries, and I, like I said, I um, was trying to wakeboard for the early twenties, like early to mid kind of twenties. I, yeah. I was injured. I'd I'd come back and start riding again, then blow my knee out again, and then come back again and. And this whole time I had the school going and then when I was finally like, all right, I need to, you know, 
make a decision. I had a wakeboard boat. Um, it was like go back to plumbing. Um, I was doing all right with that and, yeah, then I kind of uh, – the wife said, look, you know, I think we need to get serious, get rid of that fucking boat that's sitting there not doing anything and, and buy a house and um, – We're going to settle down, darling. Yeah, we're going to get <laughs> serious and do what I suppose society says that you're, yeah, supposed, yeah. To, you're supposed to do. And, um, yeah, so we ended up buying our first house and this is about 26, 7, I think it was. And was that around the Burley area again? It was, yeah. It was actually in Varsity Lakes, mm-hmm. which um, I thought was kind of – Country back then compared, compared to where I lived. You know, I always lived just, you know, a couple of streets back from the beach or, you know, just across the highway there. So were you a surfer as well? Yeah, I've always surfed on and yep. off over the years, yep, um, which you know, I think most coastal Yeah, but, yeah, I, I still froth on surfing. I literally just last weekend we surfed for all the whole oh, well, three days. You? Yeah, I got some amazing waves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... Um, I find surf like that's like golf. When you play golf and then you have a really shit round, but you have one good shot, surf and you have that one good wave. I'm back. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, we surfed. <laughs> and last weekend was insane. Oh, it's incredible. We yeah. surfed like nearly four hours Friday, about four hours Saturday, and then about five <laughs> hours Sunday. So it was good. Yeah. Wow, you would have been knackered on. <laughs> yeah, we're doing we're doing step offs though. We're on the jet ski. Oh, so that's it was, right. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. we're we're 28. We just bought a house. We're settling down a little bit. We're uh, what what are we looking at? Now. So the young, my young fellow is about seven now, and um, so this is when we get into Thai boxing. So yep. This is when um, he, I was talking to my friends, and they said, "Oh, bring bring Keems down to the gym, and you know, you should come down as well." And I was actually just, uh, um, I was on crutches at the time, and uh, took him down, and he started training, and um, yeah, he was loving it. And then I was down the gym every day with him, and yeah. then as my knee got better, I thought oh, I'll start. Training as well, and yeah. um, yes, and he ended up. The boy said, do, do, "Does he want to have a fight?" And he was he was pumped, so he had his first fight. And how old? Seven. Seven years old. Seven wow. years old. Yeah. And then did uh, he win it? He did. Yeah, yeah. he won a knockout. Actually, he stopped, oh, stopped really? the kid. Yeah, <laughs> not 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 didn't knock the kid out, but stopped, stopped him with, him, with yeah. the knee, yeah, knees to the body. So. Um, yeah, it was That's a it, pretty proud moment. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> proud and it was kind of scary as well. It's yeah. it's a lonely place, that ring, mate. Like and, and putting a kid in there is um like dad this, on the outside going, Oh fuck. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like and like there's no escape from that ring. When you're in there, everyone that's there is watching you, everyone's eyes is on you. There's no hiding behind your teammate. There's yep. no, you know, oh, I've had enough, I, I think I'm done. It's fucking real, man. So and for kids doing that, and these kids fought like champions as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. So um, yeah, so that was quite scary, but yeah, and that was that was him. That was his first fight, and I think about a month later or two months later, I had my first, and then we both fought um, full time pretty much for about ten years after that. Wow! Mm. So during this whole time, um, you're plumbing still? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Plumbing. I had a couple of boys working for us. Like I said, I was doing contracting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was on and off. We ended up um, starting a coffee shop as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Kind of like I said, fingers in pies. Try to have yeah, a few. That's what it's all about. It's yeah. an entrepreneurial ism, is, isn't it? So they're having a crack at stuff, and if it doesn't it. work, move on. So if it does pl- work, keep going. The plumbing business wasn't still serious, though. You know, yeah. I was just. Yeah, it was just something to make a bit of money. I definitely wasn't seeing that as my Put food path. on the table type stuff. Yeah, I was still searching everywhere. I'd um, started personal training as well. Uh-huh. So, you know, I was training people in the mornings. I was training people in the afternoons. And then during the day I was um, going to site and, you know, watching the boys, you know, make sure the boys were getting stuff done. And I was kind of do, still doing days on the tools myself as yeah. well. Um, but yeah, I was, I was mainly concentrating on. I, I went straight into full time fighting then, and just put as much time as I could into. And when you say full time fighting, are you getting paid to fight? 
Yes, getting paid to fight, but it's yeah. nothing. Like you can't, oh, no, you can't survive off yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Thai boxing especially is is very low paid. You know, like even when you get to the stage of headlining shows, you know, mm-hmm. you're getting three, three, four grand. You know, there's very. Is there much money in sponsorship and that sort of stuff? Uh, not really as well. You know, yeah, like um. Mainly products um, supply you'd get you'd get yeah. you know free free gear um, and you can only have a certain amount of protein powder and pads you can yeah <laughs> you can yeah but um, yeah it's definitely it's for the love especially Muay Thai it's, it's yeah. for the love you know it's a hard freaking sport and you don't really get rewarded for it financially um, and and you know it's because as well that Muay Thai comes from a third world country yeah um, how do you justify paying me ten grand where you could fight a, fly a Thai boy over. For a couple of grand, yeah. and he'd absolutely whoop my ass, you know. Yeah, yeah so that's that was have the you, downfall. Have you been to Thailand? Yeah, we have lived. You, we lived in, yeah, I went there. We lived in Thailand for about a so year and when, a half. So when you say you lived overseas, that's where it was in Thailand. Yeah, yep, that's where we. we How moved old over was there. your boy then? He was um, fourteen, I think, when we moved there. And was yeah. that to go and fight, or what? what did yeah, you move it was to, to go. It was to go fight. Yeah, yep. So he was. Yeah, Keynes was fourteen, and um, base my youngest son. He was five. Um, yeah, so we, we went over there to fight. It was, I was at the end of my career. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to really wanted to fight and train over there and um, Keems was at, you know, he just won the Aussie title. Uh, he was kind of peaking. We thought let's, you know, he, at that stage he was kind of pretty adamant on making a career out of it. So yeah. we thought, oh, let's go over there and, and um, see cool. how we, see how we go. Big family, pack them up. Yeah, it was, like, and it was a super, home. super quick decision. We literally just opened the coffee shop. It had been open about six months. Yeah. We did have a plan to move in 2015, I think it was. This was 2000 and end of 2013. And uh, so we had this one-year kind of plan going, all right, yeah. 2015 we'll move. And then it just was jack of everything. And one day me and the wife were driving home and I was kind of complaining about something, about, you know, just the normality <laughs> of what we're doing. And then she's just like, fuck it, let's go. And I'm like, what do you do mean? That. She's like, let's do it. So, um, yeah, we literally put the wheels in motion and we're, we were over there within about two months after that kind of car And drive. did you find when you arrived that you were accepted straight away? Um, or were, uh, you the, were you the outcast? Mate, you're always like in – this is one thing about Thailand that I found personally yeah. is that you'll never become part of Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, we're just foreigners to them. Um, what about you know, the fact that you were a, a fighter? Uh, oh, help? yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, man, the Thais are beautiful people yeah, yeah. and everything like that, but they're very proud and they're very – like Muay Thai is their sport. So yeah. you're just a foreigner doing their sport, you know. Um, and, and like I said, they, you, like, they're very welcoming um, and everything like that, but you still are just a foreigner to them and you kind of – you're just a, a way to make money. Yeah, um, fair call. Yeah, but like I said, it's just, just my opinion. Um but, uh, you know, like Australia where you come here and you live here for a year and next thing you know people are calling you an Aussie. And, yeah, you know, part of the, yeah, 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 you know, there you can – you're just a foreigner doing their sport. And, yep. And, um, yeah. It, and how did you go fighting over there? Did you get your ass whipped straight away? <laughs> I, I lost a few – lost a few. <laughs> I had about 13 fights over there in that yeah. year and a half. Um, Was I it mean, just completely different? It is. It's it's different scoring system. Uh, they don't really rely on punches as much as we do here. Yeah. Uh, it's a big game. It's very corrupt with gambling and stuff there as well. Uh-huh. Um, it's a huge part to do with winning or losing over there is, is gambling. And how did um, you, you go taking your Aussie champ son over? Did, the, did they look – 
to him as a, a, like a, a target, I suppose, someone that their kids want to beat? Um, yeah, oh, yeah, yes. And uh, they also, like, he fights very traditional Thai style. Okay. Where I'm, I fight like a Westerner. I'm yeah. a boxer. You're and, a brawler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not very nice to watch. You yeah. know, where he's, he, like, it's all about the art form, you know. Yeah. And he's, he's a beautiful fighter. So, they they really really took to him. He had like a big fan base over there. Oh really? Yeah, it was it was really good. Yeah, yeah. So you were there for how long? Eighteen months. We were there about fifteen, sixteen months. Yeah. Why did yeah. you leave? Uh, just to come back. We actually come back to open a second coffee shop. Okay. Um, so the coffee shop kept running. Yeah, we kept that going. Yep. I had the plumbing business going as well. Um, and then yeah, we come back to start a second, and then that fell through, and um, yeah, and here we are. We're still still, still going, <laughs> still here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got back, and the, the older boy, he uh, just finished year ten. He yeah. was like, "Oh, look, I you know don't want to go back to school." And I said, "Well, I said while we're back, I said why don't um, work was starting to slow down a little bit, so I started working again." I said, "Look, when you come work with me, and um, yeah, we kind of both went on the tools, and so he wait, started his plumbing he apprenticeship. His, so he's a plumber now. Yeah, he's made fully qualified. He's yeah. uh, he's got more tickets than I do. He's only <laughs> it's 20. not a bad thing. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's uh, only twenty one and yeah, fully qualified. Contractor's license. He's got everything. Yeah. So you sit back now, and your boy's twenty one. Your eldest boy is twenty one. How'd you go as being a dad? Um, I don't know. You have to ask him. I think. But well, where, um, yeah, do you think you went? Because obviously you, you you went through life without one, right? Yeah. And now you're sitting there going, fuck, I'm going to be the best. When you made your decision at that point when you're 19 years old and you look back now and you say, hey, I've, I've had 21 years of this now, how'd you go? Yeah, well, mate, I think I think I I did the best of my capabilities. I, um, I, I think I'm – me and him are fucking amazing mates. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very hard on my boys. Yeah. Um, but – you know, I, sometimes I'm very, I'm quite alpha as well, and sometimes I feel, you know, that must be hard for them. Yep. Um, but yeah, mate, I, I, they're both, both of my boys are fucking beautiful humans. Yeah. Um, it's all you can ask for. They've turned out so yes, yeah. Mate, their their nature is just incredible. Um, you know, they're both really good kids or young men and, and yeah. a kid. And, um, yeah, so obviously I think I just must have done pretty good because, awesome, yeah, my, my boys are hey, good. You should be so. proud of yourself, though. Mate, that's, I am. That's one of, the, one of those things that you need to be, um, you need, like you've gone through some tough shit and then you actually then, fuck, I've, I've, I've created this human that's actually a good person. Um, I must have done a good job. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's definitely. So, what about your other child? Me. We haven't we haven't touched on your other kid. Base. Yeah. yeah. So so, when how what's that story? What's the base story? Base. You know, he's a little mad dog. He's he? uh, yeah. He's a little bit more like me. <laughs> I think it's with the extreme sports and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's he do now? He mate, he he just skates. He rides motos. Yeah. Um, he's he's twelve. He's already skydived. He's bungee jumped a few times. He's um yeah. He's a so there's a nine year age gap. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yep. And how do the boys get on? Really good, man. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a great age gap, I think. Yeah. Um, because you've got a babysitter, pretty much. So, yeah, I can, <laughs> so you and your um, missus can have your life back. <laughs> yeah, mate, we're just starting to get our life back seriously yeah, yeah. now. Like we are, you know, it's it, this stage that we're at now in our life is yeah. just incredible. So, you know, having kids young sometimes can it just it, not, there's no right or wrong. No, of course not. When I first had. Keens, or when we first had Keens, we were looking at our mates going, holy shit, you know, like we've got a kid and they're travelling the world and this and that, but, you know, now we're now they're doing the school pickups and, yeah. and we're fucking travelling the world and we've actually got money now and we've, you know, we're, you know, 
bit it's, more. It's content. funny looking at it. You know, like I, I, it's my thirty year school reunion this year, and I look back and there's there's like a group of people that had kids really young, like you did, and now some of them are grandparents, <laughs> which is quite, which is very funny from my point of view. But but and then like my youngest is eleven and my oldest is seventeen, so I'm just going through that period where I got a babysitter now. It's great. Yep. Uh, but but at the same time, is we're at completely different stages in our lives. Like we did that, we travelled when we were young. And now they're travelling, now they're older. And it's sort of, it's just the opposite, isn't it? Really? Yeah, exactly, yeah. We yeah. all end up in the same space. Yep, yeah, yeah, definitely. So there's no, there's no right or wrong, as you say. So what, um, where's the name Bass come from? It was just, uh, man, I don't know, I wanted something different for him and um, I was just, I was like pulling words apart. I was looking at street <laughs> signs and pulling, you know, the start and the end of it and putting it together and... I just went base and I was like, oh, shit, base. And, and like a lot of people ask me because I'm a skydiver and a lot of people say, oh, is it from base jumping, is it? And yeah. um, it, it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with that at all. Yeah, yeah but, of course um, it is. That's yeah, a much yeah, easier yeah. story. <laughs> but when he becomes a base jumper, he's got a pretty cool name. <laughs> base but, uh, the base jumper. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. It just it just popped into my head and it just sounded right. He's got no middle name either. It's just base. And yeah. it really suits him as well. He's a little mad dog. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a pretty funny kid. <laughs> It's crazy how different your kids can be from each oh, other, yeah. you know. They, it's My eyes are so I've got four of them and every one of them is completely different. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you see some some bits that are similar, like some mannerisms and stuff, but, yeah, that one would do something completely opposite to that one just because they can. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> That's um, insane, isn't it? It is, yeah, just their natures and just, yeah, it's pretty crazy, yeah. So you mentioned skydiving. When was your first skydive? Uh, I think. When I was like 18, I did one for, did a tandem, you okay. know, like which a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah. My buddy's 18th birthday, I did that. And then maybe about three or four years later, when I was about yeah, 21, 22, I think we went and did it again. And then there was a bunch of us that were like, fuck, let's do our licenses. We had a couple of mates that would jump in. Yeah. About 10 of us that kind of started together. And um, yeah, me and one of my other buddies, my real good mates, were the only ones that kind of finished it out of that crew. And we're both still jumping today. He's a, he's a mad base jumper and, and adventurer traveling the world. How many skydives have you done? Oh, I've done 300, which wow, is which congratulations. Is <laughs> well, I've done mate, one. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I've been jumping for like 14 years. Wow. But, um, and some of my mates that I was jumping with back then have done, you know, thousands. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, where I've just got so many sports that I do and – you know, it was just something I did, you know, five, ten times a year yeah. over the years, you know. I, I've been jumping – now I've retired from fighting. I've been jumping a, a lot more. Um, and does the missus jump? No, she doesn't. Has she ever? Um, no, she hasn't. Oh, really? No, but she's just um, – we've just started a paragliding course together. Okay. So, yeah, we've been paragliding, which I think is fucking way scarier than oh, skydiving. Yeah, but sure. um, she, for some reason, just likes to – she's always had these dreams of flying. So, Have you ever um, seen a paraglider flip? Yeah, they're pretty insane. Yeah, Mate, it's, it's, I, I remember we were on top of the hill watching my brother. He was about to jump off and the one below went straight to the trees. Nah, yeah. like <laughs> never, ever am I going to do that. Yeah, well, man. They're, they're What's it like though when you're up there? Paragliding? Well, I haven't actually we – only, we were only oh, you're just two, weekend, two weekends in. Yeah, well, I've okay. flown off the training hill, but I haven't yeah. actually soared and, and soared around yet. Um, that We were supposed to go last weekend. So is that the weather. true sort of the closest you can get to flying? Have you tried a flight suit? That wing looks suit. pretty insane. Uh, I've flown similar. I've flown well, – like it's called a onesie. It's like a wingsuit. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of buddies that are uh, wingsuit base jumpers and, and wingsuit pilots. But, um, yeah, I've just – Got uh, um, my correct license to start wingsuiting. I okay. just got my D license in skydiving, so yeah. now I can start, which was meant to happen um, just before all this shit happened, and um, skydiving got shut down. So, yeah. 
So, yeah, um, a onesie suit that I've flown is very similar. So um, what's the difference? Uh, well, a onesie suit uh, with a wingsuit, your arms and your feet are kind of attached by a bit of material in between. Okay. Uh, onesie suits like a baggier suit with a couple of like smaller kind of um, pockets from your arms down to your legs. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit safer. A wingsuit's um, quite, uh, I don't know, you, you know, you need to know what you're doing in a wingsuit. Uh, it's... <laughs> You, take, you start off in a smallish wingsuit and you yeah. get bigger and bigger and bigger until you literally, you're like a, you know. A bird. From, yeah, from your, well, from your fingertips to your legs have, has got a bit of material that kind of join them together. Um, so skydiving and then onesie jump, what's the, what, what's the different feeling? Oh, skydiving, you're going down, obviously. Yeah, there's so many different disciplines of skydiving. Yeah, like yeah. we do, we free fly a lot, which is um, you're either like standing up or kind of like in a sitting position or, okay. your, or your head down. Yeah. Um, and then there's um, wingsuiting, which is where you're in the wingsuit and you literally, you're f- travelling across the sky a bit more. Um, okay. Then there's there's so many different disciplines. It, it's it's incredible, yeah. What's but your favourite? Uh, I'm a free flyer and yeah. um, angle jumping, which is kind of like a mix between tracking across the sky and um, and going really steep with your with your angles. So it's really a mix between vertical and tracking across the sky as well. So, Do you ever get scared? Um, yeah, yeah, skydiving scares the shit out of me. That's, yeah. that's why I love doing that's it. That's why you do it. Yeah, fucking nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love doing stuff that makes me feel uncomfortable, you know. Yeah. Like, um, you get complacent with it when you're doing it a lot. Yeah. Um, you lose that little bit. Um, Does that make it more dangerous? Oh, it complacency, complacency makes everything yeah, dangerous, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's like a lot of people say to me, oh, how do you do it all the time? And I say, well, remember the first time you hopped in your car and you started driving a car and you were literally on a, an, a two-way street and a truck's coming the opposite yeah, way and, you, and you pull over to the left, you're like, oh, <laughs> like this. Now most people are doing that fucking on their phone and talking yeah, exactly, and you, know, yeah. you drive past trucks all day because yeah. you do it all the time. It just becomes the norm. So um, it becomes easier. It does, and you get um, confident in your gear and everything like that. It just all comes with part and parcel with, with doing anything a lot, I suppose. Yeah, I took my mum for a 60th birthday for a skydive, and just that was the only one we're done. As soon as I hit the ground, she's going, never fucking again, that was horrible. I'm going, take me back up. Like, yeah. It was just insane. A lot of people do that, man. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people just, get to the ground and want to go straight back mate, up. It was, it was just, and I'm scared of heights. Yeah. And I think that sort of falling out of the plane or jumping or whatever we did out of the plane, and it's just one of the freest feelings I've ever had in my life. Oh, it's it should, should be mandatory for all humans, really. Mate, to me, it's uh, like I, I only learned to meditate uh, two, three years ago now. And to me, it's like instant meditation mm. because you just go into nothing else in your mind. You're just looking and you're like, fuck. Look at yeah, this all, everything's gone on. Everything's. Oh, um, there's no, yeah, you're, you're in the moment. Indeed. Yeah, you're Indeed. in the moment. Um, and and you've got to be. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's like a lot of the sports that I like to do yeah. is you're in the moment. There's no thinking about anything else. It's, you know, um, you know skydiving, fighting, um, and they're, they are challenged mentally and physically and your body is just saying, what the fuck are you doing? Like your body and your mind, like why are you doing this, you know? Um, I think a lot of the times walking out to a fight was kind of similar to getting ready to jump out of the plane, or um, oh yeah, same with same, same with rock climbing. When I um, retired from fighting, we started getting the rock climbing, and uh, it's such a physical and mental, way more mental than physical. Same yeah. with fighting is a lot more mental than physical. Um, but yeah, you know, you're climbing these r- rocks, and you're like, what, what? You know, your body's like, why are you doing this, you idiot? <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so you, I noticed you got tats all over you. Yep. Why? 
Um, I don't know. For you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so all. Is it a story? Yeah. Oh, every tattoo is a story. Yeah. 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 yeah every and tattoo is a did story. Did it start with like a really stupid one that you because you were pissed one night, or did it start because actually I really want to get some art on my body? Yeah, it started as an eighteen-year-old kid. <laughs> we drove down to Melbourne and picked a went into this bikey shop and picked a tattoo off the wall and got it on my leg. Yeah, it's and horrendous. Then, then isn't it an addiction? Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, and just this I, I don't know, man, just being different, I suppose. And well, on the Gold Coast, having tattoos is not being different. Not anymore, but yeah. yeah, it's just expressing <laughs> yourself, I yeah. suppose. And yeah, all my tattoos have got stories or meanings behind them. Some are stupid meanings, but still like a it, meaning. Yeah, or some some of my worst tattoos are my the ones I love the most. You know, oh, of course. My um my younger son Bass, he's tattooed me twice. He oh, tattooed me he? when he was eight, and then yeah. just the other day, he actually tattooed me again. So. Oh, really? What did he do? Uh, he wrote his, a smiley face and his name on my bum, and um, <laughs> love he, it. He wrote uh, Mad Dog on my leg because that's what we call him, the Mad yeah. Dog. Yeah, face the Mad Dog. So uh, that's awesome. Okay, I, I, I have to talk about this. The, you said you went and saw a shaman. Yeah, shaman. Yeah, Sh- yeah. Tell, me, tell me the shaman story. The shaman. Um, the f- uh, went out there and. Um, yeah, smoked five meo DMT, um, which is what, called the, what's the, five meo DMT? It's the uh, hands down the strongest psychedelic in the world. Okay. Um, so uh, was there was there a purpose? Like, did you? I'm doing this for a purpose, or is it because oh, was it the purpose. Joe Rogan thing? Purpose. Yeah, that's what got me started. Was, okay. Um, listening to that, and then just started hearing it a bit, and maybe I think I was searching for something as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, as we all do in life, like you become a bit ungrateful for everything, yeah. and. Um, you know, I was just, I don't know, I was just searching for something and, and it found me. I, it just kept reoccurring. I just started hearing it and I was never been into psychedelics or anything like that at all and I just kept hearing it and I, I was at that stage of my life, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. And How this, old were you? This is um, like last year. So 40. Yeah, 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 yep. And, um, yeah, just, I just kept hearing it and I kept hearing a lot of um, influential and, and pretty impressive people that have smoked it and you know, the stories that were coming from it and then all of a sudden I had a buddy that just said to me, hey, mate, I can, I've got a connection to, to catch up this shaman uh, out in the valley. So um, he goes, are you interested? Because we had a lot of conversations together about yeah. kind of being a bit more aware and awoke and, and kind of in touch with your spiritual self and, um, yeah, so we went out and had a session and I've been a couple times now. Um, and. Talk me through it. What what happens? It's a it's a quite a uh, amazing ceremony. You go out and um, there's a little community out there in the valley, and um, yeah, you do, you get um, kind of welcomed into the ceremony circle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you chant. There's a lot of chants. So very spiritual. And, oh, very super yeah. spiritual. Yeah. Um, you know, you sit down and and um, he, we discuss a few things. The shaman and and. Um, him and his kind of helpers, um, everyone's kind of chanting and singing a little bit and telling us these, some stories and you are, uh, yeah, you, he ministers the, the 5-MeO-DMT. It's like a, it's actually from the Otak Toad from um, Mexico and America. Oh, really? And it's like the poison out of the glands on the toad and they squeeze it out onto uh, a bit of glass and they dry it out and it becomes like a crystal form. Yeah. So you smoke in a little pipe. Um, and it instantly hits you. Instantly hits you. Um, yeah, and you, you disassociate from your body. With um, there's uh, five meo DMT and NN DMT. Five meo is uh, a lot stronger. It's about ten times stronger yeah. than, than um, 
don't don't look up these facts. No, about, of about ten not. times stronger than uh, <laughs> than NN DMT. Yeah. Um, they call it the the God molecule. You you literally there's no you anymore. Um, whereas with NN DMT, it's kind of you. You see a lot of kaleidoscopes, a lot of um, colors, and it's kind of you. You're traveling through the universe, talking to aliens and yeah. and, and entities and. And so which one did you have? I've had both, but yeah. this with the shaman um, is the 5-MeO and you have mm-hmm. to have it administered by a shaman as well. It's not something you can go and just get. It's yeah. it's a proper um, medicinal ceremony, you know. So and, um, you there, you smoke it and you smoke it instantly it, hits you? Instantly hits you. Um, you lay back onto a pillow. You're in a circle with other people around watching you and the shaman, he kind of goes on the journey with you. He'll start playing an instrument, um, but he kind of he ends up smoking a little bit of the, the leftovers of your pipe. Yeah, and uh, he, man, he's literally singing to you. He he's on the journey with you. He's um, with me. He played a really big bassy kind of drum with some of the other people out there. He was playing flutes, and there's all these different um, South American kind of instruments yeah. that he's playing and chanting. And you're completely under. Some people don't move. Some people. Um, get a bit vocal. Some people stand up. Um, apparently, there's this Aboriginal guy out there that gets up and and does like an ancient corroboree, and he can't mm-hmm. remember it or doesn't even know where. So, do you remember from. all this, or is it? How, how do you know? Uh, oh, I don't remember the first uh, bit of being under. Yeah. Of um, uh, just yeah, like I said, there's no me anymore. You just become part of the universe. You become. Okay. You literally become everything. Um, yeah. And then. Uh, then as you start coming back and start getting self-awareness again, I, it was nearly like you're reborn. I just had this big deep breath and this most beautiful um, euphoric orgasmic white kind of light and um, feelings of just pure gratitude and joy and sadness and everything in one. Like you, And, um, yeah, unfortunately your ego starts coming back quite quick and yeah. you, you start thinking all of a sudden I started getting a bit of self-awareness and was like, oh, hang on. I'm in a group with people watching me and I'm like, oh, am I doing something stupid yeah. or, yeah, unfortunately everyone's that, that that fear of maybe being judged or anything like that starts coming, your ego, I suppose, or yeah, of starts coming back. But, um, yeah, so for about 10, 15 minutes I was under and I don't have huge memories of it. I just have beautiful euphoric orgasmic kind of feelings of just um, total bliss, you know, like it's total enlightenment. Um yeah, and then I kind of started coming back, and I could hear the I could hear all the sounds, and I could hear I could see the clouds coming over, and but I couldn't um, I couldn't see whether I, I I was part of it all, you know. What I mean, yeah, I was yeah. part of the water, and I I felt my face was a bit wet, and then I actually started realizing that I was crying, I was just bawling my eyes out, just yeah. um yeah, and then I really started getting self awareness and sat up, and then the shaman gives you you know a bit of a plate of fruit, and then the, one of his helpers comes over, and you kind of move off to the side, and he's still chanting and singing, and um, yeah, I was just kind of I was just I was going from laughter like I'd laugh just hysterically into kind of crying, and it was just so overwhelming of just how amazing it, like what I just experienced. Like yeah. it literally just became part of the universe. And, and did you know, it change you as a human being? hundred percent, man. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it is. And is that noticeable to others? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, that, my that wife. you've changed? Yep, for sure. Yep. Um, my whole outlook on everything is, has changed. You know, I've become such a better person. Um, I've just become so much more self-reflective and yeah. self-aware and um, a bit more kind of um, – you know, where to other people and to it's just to everything, you know. Like I've just become a, a lot better human. I think it's if, like it's reset you, hasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, fully. Yeah. And um I think if more people in the world, especially influential people, um, or people of power, um, 
you know, did the medicinal journey on, yeah. on the OTAC, would, um, the world would be such a better place, man. It's, yeah. It I just, just love how you just glow when you talk about oh, it. Oh, it's that's fucking just, incredible, man. I can, yeah, nearly, yeah. I can nearly like, you know, it's just. You can refill it. It's yeah, yeah, back. yeah. And that's one amazing thing about starting to talk about it is that you you start getting all that the feelings, feelings yeah. back because yeah. the outside world destroys that so quick. Oh, like, 100%. Um, the first time I did it, we actually drove back in after it um, and like it was only like three, four hours after I'm driving back in and next thing you know I'm, it's traffic and there's I've got to be somewhere at a certain time and it's just I was like, whoa, all these outside negative things were just hammering me yeah, down yeah. again. I was just like, whoa, what the hell? Like, you know, so... Um, and, yeah, and then the second time I went out there, I we actually stayed out for the night and really let it sink in. And and all so did your missus do this as well? No, she's not into that at all. Okay. She's quite, um, she's a mouldy girl, she's quite in touch with her spiritual side yeah. anyway. And, um, yeah, she's we, we've um, she's she likes to watch over me when I do sometimes yeah, do yeah. and end DMT, and um, she can really, um, she's just discussed stuff that I've seen. You know, she we've our souls are entwined, man, and she can she can awesome. feel it what I'm feeling as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we've had some pretty incredible journeys together. Yeah, that's so, amazing. Yeah, what a great story! Like that's um to 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 actually then be able to sort of look back and reflect on everything. And as I say, your whole demeanor changes when you when you talk about that. Like you can obviously feel it. That's, yeah, that's, and that's it, sick. it's it's just so bad that like a. Uh, um, it's looked down on. Like a lot yeah. of people look at this and go, oh, fucking psychedelics and this and that. And like, you know, like this is it's a drug. And this- no, but even medicinal marijuana. Like, yeah. the, like oh, you man. look at that stuff now and it's actually curing people. It's, it's helping oh, people. It's-, it's doing all this stuff. Like I've got arthritis and like I know that I've only got minor, but the pain that that gives me, people that are fully done with arthritis, like my mum, for instance, one of those little wafers would fix her. Yeah, man. But like, you can't have it. it could, it's, it's all these laws and shit. We, we could just about save the freaking world with hemp and all the products that come out of it. Like it's just because they can't fucking tax it because yeah. anyone can grow it and make it themselves. So, And it's the same with people looking down on psychedelics because um, the shaman does a lot of work with um, PTSD and, and stuff yeah. like that. Like he's getting some amazing results of, of de- with depression. You and don't hear about any of that shit. No, that, not at all, no. And the people who are calling out, um, you know, natural medicines and that, are, yeah. are fucking people sitting there popping pills at home 100%. all day, you know, and they all, <laughs> you're a druggie. And I'm like, hang on, don't you take pills to go to sleep or yeah. to, to cure this every day? So, Well, it's funny. When we, we lived in England for a long time, we had our kid, two of our kids over there and we come back to Australia and we went to the doctors for my daughter. She had a fever of 42, what it was. Oy. And... Uh, and the doctor goes, oh, can I see her medical records? And my wife goes, she's never been to the doctor. And they go, what do you mean? She goes, well, she's never had to go to the doctor. And I said, well, how do you treat her? She treats her with homeopathy and stuff like that. Yep. And they've gone, so she's never been to a doctor. She goes, oh, obviously when she was a, ba- when she was a baby and all that sort of stuff. When, and, but no. And this, this doctor just couldn't believe that this child at this temperature was, wasn't even convulsing or anything, but was like, was sick. Had never actually been. And yeah. it's like what we could do for people and kids and that sort of stuff who don't take all that other shit in their bodies is that's a completely different topic. Yeah, mate, it is. We can sit here for <laughs> on it, oh man. Don't get me started on it either, you know. Yeah, I, the way uh, I love to finish my podcast with a few questions. I don't usually ask questions. What's your greatest achievement in life? Greatest achievement in life is um, I feel at at this stage is being able to give back and um, give back something to not only just my kids, like yeah. obviously my greatest achievement in life, everyone always says it's cliche, is your, is your kids, anything yeah. like that. But I feel that I've got myself into a position in life uh, 
mentally, physically, financially, just everything is that now I can start to give back a little bit and I actually am willing to give back, which yeah. is um, something I never thought I would be able to do. I thought I was quite a selfish person, but, um, yeah, I really enjoy being able to help other people. It's and good I feeling, lo- isn't it? It is, man. And I've always – I love seeing fucking people be the best – version of themselves and yeah. I love helping people do that too I, I froth on pushing people to the limits this is what I was saying I'm yeah, a bit yeah. hard on my kids sometimes but I'm the only reason I'm so hard on them because I fucking know how much potential they've got and I love seeing people just be the best person they can be you know Mate, they're going to turn around when they're older and go fuck thank fuck he, he pushed me that hard yeah hopefully one day they do <laughs> <laughs> they're hating it now yeah, but they yeah, will yeah, yeah. hey, who's the uh, person that's had the biggest influence on your life um Oh, man. Um, I don't think anyone, man. I don't no. think I can – yeah. I've never, you. I've never really thought of that. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, just life, I suppose. Just um, – well, actually, the person who's probably had the biggest influence on my life is fucking me dad, yeah. I suppose. I, that's – like I said, that's what's created who I am and a lot of my decisions was because of what – What happened? Um, he, he committed suicide when mm. I was five, you know, so – yeah, it was a huge thing, you know. So, um, yeah, like, and not not taking it away from my mum, but like, I think that what he what happened and what he did is what um, is the biggest influ- biggest influence on my life. Yeah, mm. yeah. There's been no one person, I suppose. Yeah, that's, as an act, I suppose. Massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really thought of it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're right, man. You try. You said you wanted to get there. I, I yeah. want to get there. I'm getting close. <laughs> no, and, and that's actually a beautiful thing to say, mate. And the fact that you can sit back now and, and reflect on that, and what 36 years later, you can actually sit there and go, actually, that's had the biggest effect, and yeah, and it's it's done good for the world. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, definitely. Look at yep. Now you're making a positive influence on this world all because of something that happened that someone else did. Because of a negative thing that happened, and yeah. A, yeah. Fucking, a fucked up thing that happened back yeah. then. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, and that's – yeah, there's never been one person I've looked at or anything like that. I, I definitely take a lot of pieces from a lot of humans that I respect yeah. and um, that I – you know, that, that are influential and that footy people. footy coach that helped you, that trainer that man, helped you, that's all it. those sort of things. Yep. Uh, I'll tell you what's really interesting about your story though is you went from – uh, being the, being this kid that was a bit of a loner and that sort of stuff, then into a team sport and then back into doing shit yourself. Mm. So you've always been working on yourself through your whole life when yep. you look at it is the fact that you've always tried to make yourself a better human, whether that's surrounding yourself with people or whether that's uh, actually doing stuff because you can just do it. It's, uh, it's a pretty good trait it's to a, have, yeah. mate. It's actually one thing I always say when um, the boys are like, what are you doing like I'm, when I go to train? I mm. don't say I'm going to train. I say I'm going to better myself. Yeah. What are you doing today? I'm just like, I'm going to better myself today. Mate, better than yesterday. That's yeah, what exactly. it's all about, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, quick fire questions. Favourite food? Um, Thai. Favourite song? Uh, f- um, shit. Oh, <laughs> Come on. Um, at the moment, um, Dub Princess, uh, a Melbourne artist. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Juggle It is, yeah. That's Juggle I'm It. frothing on that I'll at the moment. I'll have yeah. to listen to that one. Yeah. Favourite movie? Favourite movie would have to be Natural Born Killers. Oh, what a great movie. Mm. That's a good, good. movie. It is, yeah. What's next? 
what's next? Fucking this afternoon. I'm actually off to a, a meeting with a couple of my uh, really amazing mates and we're going to look at trying to better the world, mate. So I've got I love a bus- your work. business meeting with a couple of uh, really amazing humans. Mate, thank you so much for this story. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time. As far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you very much. What an amazing human. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you enjoy the rest of the Podfire podcasts and I really hope that you enjoyed Awesome Humans. Reach out to us on Podfire and all the social media channels as well as BJ Macker uh, to reach out to me personally. Have a great day.